Hi, everyone. Hey, first of all, thanks for listening. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate all the reviews we've gotten. We appreciate the feedback that we've gotten. Uh, we, we ask you to continue to do that, to let us know what you think, and uh, again, give us some ideas of, of how you think things could, uh, could maybe get better even. This week, our topic was actually inspired and initiated by a member of our This Is Not A Meeting community. Uh, Angelica Brennan is her name. She got a hold of us through the Facebook page and uh, made some suggestions and, uh, and asked us to talk about a particular topic here that we're going to discuss today on, on how to find your self-worth. Angelica, thank you so much for reaching out and, uh, and getting a hold of us. We appreciate you. We appreciate you listening. And thank you to everyone else out there in the This Is Not A Meeting community. We love this community. We have enjoyed doing this to this point. We are just having a ball with it. We hope you are too. And so let's get to it. Welcome to This Is Not A Meeting. We are a community talking about sobriety, recovery, and overcoming challenges every single day. We do not claim to be experts. We are just walking this journey with you, trying to become our best selves. I am Scottage. Around the table here, we have... Big Joe. Jimbo. Mr. 3000. Mr. 3000 sitting there all decked out looking like a 1980s Denver Bronco person in a warm-up suit. <laughs> He's, uh, it is New York Knicks. He, he, he stresses that it's a New York Knicks jacket. Um, and it does. It says New York Knicks. But it is so close to looking like John Elway just sitting over there. He's he's a gorgeous man, folks. Gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> well, um, I like how he always goes after you and leaves me in the background over here. <laughs> I know well, it's because you were last. If 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 Big Joe was mentioned last, I'd probably be like, okay, let's let's back it, let's you know piggyback off of him. Um, but if you, if you are someone who knows Big Joe, this and you called this week, he had a particular line that he was. That uh, he was using quite a bit. Could you share that with us? Good night, Mike. Every single time that you talk to him, he was saying that to you. <laughs> you could talk to him five times that day, and you would just hear, "Good night, Mike." <laughs> um, I had lots of fun with it. <laughs> yeah, it definitely breaks up your day because you weren't your stuff you don't expect. I mean, if you need someone to talk to throughout the day, go ahead and give me a call. I'm driving around most of the day and looking for people to talk to. <laughs> I have a daily list that I go down and I call people I'm like, what are you doing today? <laughs> How was your night last night? <laughs> You're never going to believe what happened to me. <laughs> uh, um, well, so to, today, one of the things we're going to talk about uh, is actually from some, some listener feedback. Uh, we're not going to give out any names unless if, if you give us feedback and you want your name mentioned, just let us know, and we'll be happy to mention you. But uh, but just for the sake of uh, respecting uh, people and their and their topics, we're we're not going to give out names. If, Unless if, it's Tim, we will always mention. Tim. Oh, Tim is always going to get mentioned. <laughs> um, but we do we did get some feedback, and and we're going to uh, give this a shot here. Uh, this listener says. Uh, asks this question. They said, "I think you should do a podcast on finding your self worth." 
because you talk a lot about loving yourself, but maybe sharing how you all were able to reach the point of actually loving yourself and how to start finding yourself, your worth and setting healthy boundaries. And I think that that is a great topic. I, I, there's, there's a lot of people that struggle with this stuff. And I don't even know that we're experts on that. I mean, there's, we may be down the road further than some people just because we're older than, than where some people are at who are struggling with this. Or maybe we've just been struggling with it longer or, or being made aware of it longer than what others have. But I think that uh, there's definitely people who are further down the road than I am. And so the, I don't, I'm, I'm certainly not the guru on this topic, but at the same time, I feel like there's, it's a conversation worth having because I think there's a lot of people that struggle with this. And just because you have self-worth and self-esteem doesn't mean you're an egomaniac. It doesn't mean that you're the center of the universe, but to have a good feeling about yourself every single day, pretty nice way to go through life. You know what I mean? It doesn't, obviously there's going to be ups and downs with everything in life, but too often, at least in my experience, I see friends, family, even complete strangers. You always see them trying to envy themselves after somebody else. They always, if I could look just like that person, or if I could act like they do, I think I'd be happier. And that may be the case. And it may get themselves basically out of themselves so that they can try to be happy. But it's such a delicate line where you have to do this. It has to be organic and made on your own accord. I don't think trying to copy a celebrity or seeing that person on the tabloid, oh, I want to have a body like that person, or I want to have a life like that person. You have to develop that on your own. It has to be something that you can obviously use the support of others. And it's obviously, there is a lot of good people to emulate yourself after out there. But at the same time, you have to grow this internally, in my opinion, and develop that self-worth all internally, if that makes sense. Yeah, but if I could push back on that and just do, you know, we, we enjoy the devil's advocate positions here a lot, <laughs> a lot just to keep, uh, just to give alternate perspectives. But that sounds to me a whole lot like a Dr. Phil perspective, where just at the end of something, he says, well, you, ju- you just got to stop, you know, or, or you just have to start. Well, how do you, how do you start? How do you, you know, to just say, well, you just got to develop that internally doesn't, you know, you can you can tell somebody go change the brakes on the car. It's easy, but if they've never done it before, not so easy. How how do you even begin? YouTube, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Google, Google it, Google it, people. Google self worth. You struggling with self worth? Just Google. There's got to be a YouTube video on that. I mean, I can honestly say that I didn't felt like I didn't have any self worth until I got out of my act of addictions and drinking i mean um i felt like that's what i was here that's all i did i drank and got put into depression from it and uh i was definitely fighting fighting a battle with myself while in the act of addiction now i can tell you that it's gotten a lot better because i have a family now and i have i have the stuff in life where people were relying on me and um I'm not sure exactly where I was going with that, but it <laughs> definitely helps wake up in the morning when you have goals and ambitions and you set goals that where you want to go with in life or what you want to be in life. Right. You know? I mean, that helps definitely helps with my self-worth. I know 
what I need to do and how I need to get there to accomplish that. So is self-worth based in accomplishment? I would say more based on being a better person for the people that mean the most in your life. I would go with, um, I mean, another one thing that would boost my self-worth is I'd like to lose some weight. I mean, I did it once in my life, but I'd like to do it again. Dude, you were buff. Uh, Different person. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He was like 2% body fat ripped. My favorite song was uh, Michael Jackson, Man in the Mirror. (laughs) Stand in the mirror. (laughs) I'd stand in the mirror and work out to that song. I was like, I'm struggling with the man in the mirror. (laughs) Excuse my singing. (laughs) No, no, that sounded exactly like him. But yeah, I mean, that song got me motivated, you know, because I was. I mean, I was early in my sobriety and I was really struggling with who I was and what was my self-worth? What the hell was I here for? See, you you, know? you are somebody who exudes a lot of self-confidence. You know, I, I don't think anybody who meets you thinks, wow, he just does not have a real good idea of who he is. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, you exude self-confidence. You you exude a lot of of self-worth that, that I think people would, would perceive from you. That you know who you are. You know how you act. You, you, you're... You're you and you're okay with that. And I think that that you have you have that. Now, whether or not that's real on the inside, because we all put masks on. You know, I mean the majority of the people that I know who once you get beyond the mask, you start to see And that's what we've talked th- about. They've got they got their junk too. Those comedians that can entertain thousands and make them all laugh are some of the saddest people that are out there. And they end up right. unfortunately taking their own lives, ODing, whatever the case may be. Right. So how do what is self worth? Like somebody like I always immediately go to Robin Williams. I love mm-hmm. that dude. Right. And there was a lot of demons there. And was it a matter of self worth? The guy was worth millions. He made every single person he interacted with laugh. But there was something deeper to the core where his self worth, something wasn't all adding up. Where unfortunately he took his own life. Right. Behind the scenes, there was something internally going on with him where he didn't find what, whatever that was that he was looking for. I mean, what, what is it that does self-worth somehow get, de- get described or, or well, it does not describe, but defined maybe or, or realized, actualized through feelings of happiness? Does it come through, um, like, how do you, how do do you define that? How do you, how do you create that in your own life to say I'm okay with me? Because essentially, that's what self worth is. I think self worth is being able to say I'm okay with me. You know, and the and the end of this thing was even to, uh, this this feedback was was about saying uh, about healthy boundaries even. You know, and I think healthy boundaries are a part of self worth. You know where the boundaries are. You don't cross your own, and you don't let people cross yours. You know, where you say, look, I'm okay with this. That's not, that's not happening. Now, back in my act of drinking, I think I was wearing that mask that you were talking about where I could put on the show that, hey, look, look at me. I'm fine, you know, and where deep down I really wasn't because um, I was fighting depression. Uh, life was a struggle for me during my act of addiction. But after 
I found the rooms and I started coming out of that is when I started finding my self-worth. And I don't know if, if the alcohol and drugs were putting me <clears throat> that low where I needed to get rid of that to find it. Now, I know, I understand that not everybody struggles with that like I did, but I can honestly say that now I'm not wearing that mask. I took it off where I'm genuinely happy. I've, uh, I've I've done what I wanted in life, you know. I got I've started a business. I got my family now, you know. I mean, this is what I wanted out of life and like deep down happy. Now don't get me wrong, we all have days where we're miserable. I mean, there's right. just <laughs> there's no getting around it. But I can say that the majority of my life I'm just we take that pause and just look back and be like Wow, am I lucky? You know, and that self worth is is there. I, I I don't know how to describe it more than that. You know, like that's what I wanted out of life, and that's where my self worth comes from. That might not be what somebody else is is looking for. You know what I mean? Or that's what they want to do with their life. But there was something that I was brought up with that I that this is what I wanted out of life, and I work hard to accomplish that those sort of things so for you self-worth is about accomplishment in some ways absolutely yeah absolutely. and being able to say look i've accomplished this this and this well if those accomplishments were were to disappear if if that stuff were to disappear tomorrow i still think that you would be somebody who would be who would find self who would have that self-worth still inside of you well i think i would find it somewhere else like there, I mean, you could, but that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's not in something else. Maybe it's not in the accomplishments. Maybe it's something that you've found internally to say, no matter what happens on the outside of, of what's going on, I still have confidence and, and that sense of who I am. Right. I mean, down the road, I mean, who, who would have ever thought that a second DUI would be a blessing? I mean, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can find the good in anything is where yeah, maybe. See, I, I, I guess as I'm, as I'm sitting here trying to think about it, it seems like our culture, okay, and I'm, again, I go back to my big picture concepts, right? It's about systems in, in some ways. Our culture is set up in such a way, and I'm, I'm not trying to, I realize I'm going down a road that could look like it's, I'm just trying to throw stones and, and place blame, but I'm not. But our, our culture to me seems to be set up in such a way to make you question yourself, no matter what stage of life you're in. You know, we, we spend... Like a midlife crisis? Not just midlife. I mean, we spend the first 18 years of our life in, in a school system and in, in most communities trying to blend in, right? Trying to be like the rest of everybody else. And then after 18 years, once we're out of high school, now we're going, crap, it really sucks to be like everybody else. So <laughs> now I've spent the rest of my life trying to prove that I'm not like everybody else and that I'm different somehow, right? How are you going to get that job? Well, you got to prove that you're different than everybody else. Okay, so I've got to stand out. But the first 18 years of our life, we're told, blend in, blend in, blend in. How do you want to be? Well, I'm a part of that group. Well, how do you know? Because I look like them. I act like them. I talk like them. So I'm accepted. Like right? Yeah, I'm accepted, right? Whatever group that happens to be for you. I'm you know, everybody's... Yeah, you've got the jocks. <laughs> you've, got the, you've got the whoever. I mean, my school was so small, we didn't really <laughs> click off like that, you know? But, but still, you had that idea of, I'm accepted because I look like them. I talk like them. This is who I am. 
And then after graduation, now you've got to stand out, right? Maybe college is that weird, those weird areas or whatever you did after college, be it service or, or some sort of maybe, uh, um, you know, a, a trade where you, where you did a journeyman thing or something like that. But, um, but you spend some time getting a little bit more of learning, whether if it's on the job training or, or service or education of, of academics or whatever, but you spend that time. And then from there on, you're now trying to stand out and, and in standing out a year back again to comparison. And, and so you start with comparison to say, how do I make myself look like everybody else? And then you end up with comparison saying, how do I make myself not look like everybody else? How do I stand out? How, how do I make a difference? It's funny that you say that because like a lot of the interviews that I've gone on for different type of jobs, and as I've mentioned before, before I got sober, I had about 29 jobs. So I've done a lot of interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of times you'll sit down and it'll be like two or three people and they're like the exact carbon copy of each other. And the first question they ask you is, what makes you unique? It's just like, right. you're going to hire me to be just like you guys. <laughs> like, what? I don't understand that question. Like, I feel pretty good about myself. And all of a sudden I got... The question is always conflicting because it's like, you want to know what makes me unique, but then as soon as you get hired, I need you to act just like this. Right. <laughs> right. What makes you unique? Now, here's your cookie cutter. So if you could just kind of conform to this, this is where that'd be we awesome. bought our suit and tie. Yes. Right. <laughs> His right. name is John. Make sure you buy it off of him. <laughs> if you could uh, take that red staple and uh, just put it down. Yeah, that, that'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> so is it about comparison? I mean, how much of our self-worth gets, gets destroyed? Because of comparison, you know we've got we see billboards, we see signs, we see commercials, we see we see advertisements that are basically designed to try to prove to you that you don't have something in your life that you need. Keep up, and you'd even realize you didn't need it. You didn't realize you needed it, but boy, are you missing this in your life? It's you know, work because enough people chase after that stuff, and and how much of that is tied up in our self worth? How much is it that if if I don't if I don't incorporate that, then maybe I'm not keeping up, or maybe maybe my life would be better if I just got that into it as opposed to what I'm doing right now. And yeah. then when you get it, you feel the exact same way. You do. <laughs> when it, with the material stuff, you do. You, right. you feel the, same, the exact same way. There's certain things that, that, you, that maybe you do feel better. You know, we're, we're starting a, um, we're talking with a, somebody to come in and help us get started with, a, with an exercise program, you know, my, my wife and I. So we're, we're talking with somebody to come in and do that, you know, just do a little bit of personal training, kind of get us on, the, on track and, and, get that thing going. We met her at, we met her at our church and we're like, okay, yeah, that's what you do. Cool. Let's talk. So we're doing that. And I firmly believe that if I put in the hard work and put in the discipline that I'll feel better. And that's the goal. You know, the goal is to feel better. But if I do that and I feel better, something tells me that my self-worth is going to get tied into that somehow. But then if I stop that and, and, don't feel as good as what I did, does that have to negate what my self-worth is? You know, there's... Self-worth is such a tricky topic, I think. It's one of those deep tracks. It is Jim deep. Bro? Oh, yeah, definitely deep. And that's, <laughs> yeah, it is. When it it is, and I'm trying, to self, to, I'm trying to lure it out of you there, Yeah, Jim. but the big thing is, <laughs> when I hear the word self... Mr. 3000 loves the deep stuff. <laughs> Come on. 
when I think Teach of us. self, I think obviously selfish is in there as well. If you're selfish, and we talk about it a lot, like is it okay to be selfish? And I can often cherry pick from the people that are in my lives, like oh, I like the way he does that. Maybe if I incorporate that in my life, it'll make me feel better. I can learn pretty quickly if I pick the wrong things. Where all of a sudden it's like, oh man, that's a terrible way. I don't like that at all. <laughs> but like by doing the selfish things and trying to better myself. Again, it goes back to that whole cliche. If I'm better myself, I can make my fellow man better as well. And that's that whole selfish philosophy. Well, if I'm happy, people around me are going to be happy. And that's that thing where if I'm selfish and I can develop my self-worth where I feel comfortable every single day, no matter what situation I'm in, I think I stand a pretty good chance. And like we've talked about on the past, like when Joe and Scott start talking about sci-fi and Comic-Cons and all those things, I go completely zoned out. That's not something I want to incorporate into my life. But at the same time, like, does that have anything to do with me just picking and choosing, cherry picking what I want for my self-worth as far as my self-esteem? Like, I can, like, I chase after certain things that Joey does in his life. Like, that zest for life that he has, I want that in my life. And it's not easy for me to accomplish, but by hanging out with Joey and seeing how he does it on a daily basis... It's something that I'm able to learn from a lot more than by not hanging out, basically, if that makes any sense. Again, I feel like I'm talking in circles this morning, but the self is a constant, the whole deepness of it, it is a constant project. It's not something that, oh, okay, perfect, I'm all set. This is how I'm going to be for the next 25 years. I might tinker a little bit here and there, but the self is something that's always going to be under constant change, Right. which is scary word for a lot of people including two former drunks at this table change is something that we don't like change to deal with <laughs> we don't like change but change change is inevitable well that's the thing and, and our, had our that transformation we talked about at the beginning of the episode he lost a human being worth of weight <laughs> <laughs> now he's put that back on like that change 84 pounds to be exact a small human being <laughs> small but now like was that change like how do you like you know what i mean like Right. It's that change is scary. I, he went, that, I mean, besides physically, I mean, I put 110 back on, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I still feel good. <laughs> I mean, I'd well, like and to that's, lose that's it what again, I was going to say. I mean, just because our lives change doesn't mean that our, our self worth has to change. Our appearance, change. appearance, yeah. I mean, that those aren't things that have to affect our self worth. There's plenty of people who who aren't their ideal physical shape that still have a lot of self worth. Uh, because that's not what they use to define themselves. That's not who they, what they use to say, "This is who I am." So, does it come down to what you define, what you define self worth as? Right. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, I mean, so how do you define everybody, that? For everybody, yourself? everybody looks at it different. True. I th- see. I think. I think that that's where it comes into that boundaries that she mentioned in the comments where. If I get myself the way I feel my self-esteem is in a good spot, if I have somebody come crashing in and invading my life more or less and getting my mind completely out of whack because they approached my boundaries, it's like I got to put up before that even comes to be, I have to know that, hey, this tornado is about to come (laughs) into my life here. But I don't want it to affect the way my self-esteem is. And there's a lot of people out there. There's the coworker, there's the boss that can bruise your ego and bruise your self-esteem. Right. You can't let those people dictate how you see yourself. Well, and nobody can tear you down 
as well. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, I'm not looking to. Go, I. You've nobody. Nobody. I have. I've already started down this road. I'm going to finish it. But nobody can tear you down better than family. There. There's. There's nobody that that knows your trigger points. That knows you so well. They. They know your faults. They know the flaws. And you don't have to be reminded of them because you know them yourself. But they're willing to point them out to you again. <laughs> Perfect example. <laughs> and, and remind you that. This is what's going on. You my know? Uh, the other night, my parents trying to be technical savvy. They're in their mid sixties. Sorry for calling out your age, but there you got this new smart TV <laughs> where they can watch Netflix from their phone and basically throw it out to the television. And it wasn't working, so they FaceTime me to try to have me walk them through how to do this. And my old man, he couldn't hold the phone right. I couldn't see what he was seeing, whatever. But as soon as he picks up the FaceTime call, I had just shaved. I hadn't shaved in probably seven weeks, so I got a big, thick beard, and I got a haircut. First thing he says, oh, hey, double chin. Immediately, I was like, what? You want me to help you? That is so your dad, too. And you want me to help. So, like, and I'm okay with that. So all he wants is me to be healthy. Get back to the gym. He just has a unique way of saying it, that's all. Well, and see, I, I, yeah, I totally get that. Oh. And, and family has that, has that ability, oh, right? Sure. Because they don't they care. That, I mean, the they button don't. is so big for them that, I mean, <laughs> right. They, I mean, they barely have to stick a finger out and they're touching it. Right. That, they, they know every little thing that's going to. And they're familiar enough to not care that they've said it. Oh, right. You know, they don't, they don't care. They just, they just say it and you're supposed to deal with it, you know? <laughs> If you didn't know this was one of your flaws, let me make sure you know. <laughs> and so I guess I brought that up in the sense of trying to say that you've got to define those boundaries for yourself. You know, because sometimes the healthy boundaries mean only letting certain people pass certain things and the rest of what they say you've got to completely ignore. You know, for you, when your dad makes that comment, you're, you're at that place now where you just get to ignore that stuff. And but be if like, someone okay. off the street says that to you, you might have a little different approach. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> um, I do think that, I don't know, I guess getting back, trying to get back to the core of it is, is the idea of self-worth. Self-worth, in, in my perspective is truly challenged and, 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 and evaluated, I should say. It's truly evaluated whenever you say, if I take everything away, am I still okay? If everything is gone, if all the accomplishments are gone, if all of the material stuff is gone, if, if everything in my life were to completely just drop the bottom out, am I still okay with who I am, how I live, and... and and well, that what answers I your initial question from the podcast. How do you get started? That's a great way to get started. Strip it all down away from yourself. And then if your answer to that question is no, that's where the next natural progression, that's those bubble charts where you follow the line of the no, then you got to come down here. If the answer is no to that question, what can you do to improve that? And again, we're speaking in vague terms because I can't give the answer to stranger Jane Doe at the table saying you should do this, this, and this. It's our own personal journey. But if you strip it all down, like Scott just said, and the answer, do you still have a self-esteem? Are you still self-worth, feel good about yourself with everything gone? And the answer is no to that. 
in my opinion, there's some work to be done. Right. And that's, again, I wish I could convey, well, the first thing you do is this, and then this, and then that. I don't have those answers. Right. I'm unfortunately not licensed like Dr. Phil to tell people what to do. <laughs> all he says is stop and start. That's all he says. <laughs> but I think you came to the at least the root cause of when you are able to strip away all those things. A lot of people, and that's the hard part. That's when it comes again back to the honesty. Can you lie to yourself and put on that mask and say, oh, yeah, it'd be great. Deep down, are you really okay? Right. And then you got to be honest with yourself because obviously if you're not, things are going to be pretty shit. And how much of what you're doing are you doing because because of other factors? You know, in the last episode, we talked about um, about things that drive you. And trying to get to the get to the bottom of what drives you, and when you're when you're driven by the need for other people's acceptance, or you're driven by the need of, or you know, out of out of a not a need for fear, but I mean, out of fear itself. Fear-based. If you're if you're just driven by uh, these other things, by your own ego, by the fe- by the need to have to be the top dog all the flipping time. If if you're driven by all of that stuff, then these are things that that are going to hinder your ability to to find that true sense of who you are and that true that true concept of i'm okay with me because when those things go away you're screwed you know if if you do everything you can do to try and get somebody's acceptance but you can never get their acceptance well Guess what? You're never going to find that sense of who you are and be okay with yourself because you're trying to get it from somebody else who is never going to give it to you. Or out of fear. You want fear to go away? Yeah, good luck with that. You know, because as soon as you get over one fear, you've got the next fear that's coming at you. Then fear does not does not disappear out of life. What you're able to do is find the ability to to push through those fears. But but fear is too big. Like there, there's too many ways for fear to come at you for you to ever feel like it's completely disappeared and, and just you exist with no fear. It's not about that. It's about finding your way beyond the fear. And it's kind of, you can, and I don't know if this goes down a slippery slope or not, but like when we first started doing this podcast, I had almost a crippling fear of like how open and how honest should I be on this podcast because I'm throwing myself out there to an audience that I hardly know, complete right. strangers. Obviously, the friends and family of the support's been awesome, but there's strangers listening in countries like Bangladesh that now know my <laughs> deepest, darkest fears, and that freaks me out. I'm okay with them. It's the people who are the closest to me that I struggle with. I'm more with. worried That's about a, the strangers. <laughs> I'm with Scott. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. way more worried about Bangladesh. Listen, man. Hey, the people in the UK, we love you. <laughs> See, those people freak me out because they they can judge me. They don't know actually who I am but like that when I finally got over that fear my self-worth became it like kind of like boosted me up a little bit where I could raise the shoulders keep my held head high because I'm delivering honesty from my core to these listeners friends families complete strangers in Ireland and Canada and Japan all these people are hearing my honesty and that makes my self-worth grow even more so it goes back to what we were talking about before accomplishment I yeah. never thought when we started this project that we'd have countries, 10 countries deep and all these states listening. So that makes me feel good and that develops my self-worth. Like I feel like we're doing something worthwhile. Right. Which is huge for me. Oh, yeah. Well, and so I guess it, there, just to piggyback off of that, when when you truly find 
who you are. Num- okay, there's there's a couple of things. When you when you when you truly find who you are, you you get to say yes with conviction and no without guilt. Right? Because you get to say, no, I'm not doing that and that and that. And I don't have to feel guilty about that. That's just not who I am. That's not what I that's not what I want my life to be about. That's not who I want to be about. But then you also get to say yes with conviction because you get to say, yeah, that I'm in. And you can invest yourself into something. 100% committed and feel perfectly fine with that. And that there's no guilt involved with having put your life into that because that's who you want to be about. That's what you want to be doing. So you've got that, but then your self-worth, I've I've found self-worth grows and becomes um more solidified the more that you give it away. You know, and we talk about that even with the program. It's this idea of okay, you're here, now give it away. This give is it not away. a meeting, but I agree with that statement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's you not. have to give it away to keep it. <laughs> you do. And it's it's really weird because if you try and hold on to that, it's gonna dis, it's gonna it's gonna minimize what it can actually be. It's one of these backwards principles that the more that you give it away, the more that it grows. It's it's the same with it's you know it's the same with the way that you love it's all that stuff you know we're we're, we're meant to be uh, I just read it the other day we're meant to be rivers not reservoirs and and whenever that's flowing whenever that flows and you're just giving it out giving it out giving it out you find that more flows into you and through you but as soon as you try and reservoir it you've just stymied what it can truly uh, truly become the other thing that uh, again, this is off of the the Love Does uh, quote. He put, he sends these things out a lot, and uh, and I really like a lot of them. But uh, it says the price of acceptance is too high if it costs who you are. And and I think a lot of times, I'm going to say we because I think we're just as guilty as anybody else. We are willing to sell off a piece of ourselves to gain the acceptance that that we want and that we're looking for because it's so easy to do. Cause I, I think you make that transaction a lot of times before you even realize the transaction was made. I hear you because I remember back in the day being an active drinker at the bar scene where like the stories, because I wanted for whatever reason, what that particular drunkard had, I would tell fabricated lies all the time to have them quote unquote, accept me. Like I'm drinking at a bar locally I'm the youngest one in there by 20 plus years. This guy's talking about golf. I completely lied to him. Tell him I shoot in the mid (laughs) seventies. If you've ever golfed with me, I haven't shot around under 110 years, but this guy I'm trying to convince, Oh yeah, we should go out sometime. I'm blowing smoke completely up his head because I want him to accept me. Like, Oh, I can drink with this guy. He's a good golfer. Like, what does that matter? But I did it. And he bought me a couple drinks. So I guess it worked out in the long run. (laughs) Maybe that's what you were shooting for. (laughs) Whoever would buy me my next drink, I would definitely, definitely talk to. Helping, the, helping another person out or helping uh, going out there and, like you said, giving it away, definitely, I mean, it gives you that feel good, you know? I mean, yeah, you're doing it to help other people, but at the same token, I think you're doing it for yourself as well, you know, to build that self-worth or to make yourself feel better. I mean, yeah, people give out of the kindness of their heart, but that comes... It's going to make you feel better as well. Now, I'm not saying go out and do stuff just to make yourself feel better. Do it out of kindness. But, (laughs) (laughs) 
you're gonna you're gonna get the rewards back from it. I promise you. Right. You know? It comes back to you. The world's a circle. Mm. Try it out. The world's a circle. <laughs> it is true. To a basketball player recently. Did you just see Kyrie that too? Ryan. I was just. He, yeah. He claims the world's flat. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure where he got that from. And wh- they lie to us all the time. And why man. they think His it's education. such a big topic right now? It is. It's the world is flat. Like, man, they're running out of news. All they have to talk about is the New York Knicks. Have you ever gotten in a, in a plane and gone up and then come back down on a circle? No, it's always flat where you are. <laughs> Okay, well, that was a good distraction. <laughs> so how would you start? If you were to give somebody some advice, they're sitting on a park bench next to you, and, and they're just like, how do, I, how do I start to get some of this self-worth? I mean, we, we've talked about, I did the same process in college where I just, I stripped everything away. Now, it wasn't as much about my self-worth as much about my theological understandings and where, what my life, what, what God was. And and who God was, and did did the things that I, the things that I was raised and taught, were they things that I was just taught, or were they things that I really truly believed? And I, I started with that with that process in college, where I stripped it all away and just said, okay, where am I at with this stuff? And it was hugely beneficial for me to be able to move forward because theology was such a big part of my life that that was a piece that was helping to define who I was. And I needed to do that. So I wouldn't say that was truly a self-worth thing, but it was, it was a very similar process where I think you've got, to, you've got to strip everything away and you've got to get down to the core of, say, who do I want to be and, and where and how does that work? It's, I'm not sure I'm def- describing it real well. I think no, this yeah. is a hard process to try and go through. So it's, it's not easy to put, a bun- to put words to it. But... I think that process is is really a strong yeah, one. The stripping away is definitely where you want to begin, but then like taking that next step, like you're saying, even Joey mentioned it before, the goal setting. And you just touched on it. Like, what do you want to be after you strip it away? And if you did have to start all over again, what do you want to be? Or how do you want to value yourself? And then make those next steps, those next natural progressions and I again can't tell somebody this is how you should be because it's yourself. Right. It's who you right. want to be. You get to decide. That's the best part about this whole process. When you strip it down away and you want to start fresh, you get to decide. And I remember there were so many different times in my life where I went away to college. I said, I'm going to be a brand new me. You know what? I was still a drunk. I went to the military <laughs> and I said, I'm going to do this military thing. I'm going to make a career of this. 18 months later, I'm on a Greyhound coming back home because I'm still a drunk. So all these things over and over and over again. When I finally put down the bottle and the drugs and was able to build myself back up, it's like, oh, wow, I can be honestly whoever I want to be. And there are still a lot of characteristics from when I was out there that I've kept because I like them. But I get to make the decision. That's so great. Nobody around me gets to tell me who or how I should value myself. Jim, being in the program, I mean, everybody talks about hitting your bottom. So when we hit our bottom, we'd stripped everything that we had. So something that being an alcoholic or an addict has that some, a lot of people don't is we got that stuff stripped away from us from our active addiction. Now I'm not telling you to run out and find an addiction because <laughs> <laughs> we did it the hard way. There's definitely easier ways to go about this, but uh, we, we, we lost everything. I mean that we found our bottom and like, we had everything stripped away from us and we got to rebuild and figure out where we were going to 
who we wanted to be, you know, where we wanted to go. Cause we knew where we were at. We definitely didn't want to be anything like that anymore. And that's what got us into the rooms and got us rebuilding ourselves. So I think we have, I like to find the good in everything. So I'd like to say that from our addiction and alcoholism, we had a luxury of, it was already taken away from us. <laughs> <laughs> the hard way. Okay, but but on and so on one side that was luxury, right? Right. On on a on another side of of the die, it was a huge challenge to have to say I'm not who I was yesterday. Right? Or I'm not who I was not just yesterday. I mean, yesterday is a figurative term, but I'm not who I was the past X number of years, fifteen years, twenty years, you know. Whatever it might so have. you you had to you had to go through a challenge of saying that's that's not me. But every day you had to wake up, and and that past was always there. No matter what you did for your future to be better, the past was always there, trying to remind you of who you were. Right? Or am I wrong? We don't shut the door in the past, but we don't reflect on it. Like you don't want to dwell on that, obviously. Well, but okay, nine years in, you can say that acceptance. Is but on key. day number one, <laughs> right? On day, <laughs> on day number one, what, you know, what are you doing to be able to say, yeah, yesterday, yesterday sucked. On day number one, I finally, for the first time, actually announced proudly and again in front of a bunch of strangers that I was an alcoholic. That was a huge revelation. I finally accepted that I could not drink like my friends and people around me. I was bodily different than my peers. Right. That was huge. Acceptance. I was able to grow slowly one day at a time because Except I finally accepted I'm not like my fellows. Right. So I was able to then grow and build day by day very, very slowly and still doing it one day at a time because – but that first initial hurdle of saying, yes – I'm different. I am an alcoholic. That made my life so much easier. It was like, oh, that's what's in the underlying. <laughs> so it takes time to build yourself worth. Right. I mean, well, and you're not just going to snap your fingers and get it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a building a building process. Um, I guess I'm trying to I'm trying to think through for people who who are at the beginning of that process. You know what's that's that's hard because yesterday I was I. I'm making a mental decision that I'm different today than I was yesterday. And and Start it's not it. just about not drinking anymore. It means I'm different at parties. I'm different with the friends that I that I keep. I'm maybe I don't keep those friends anymore. Um I'm I'm different. I've got to be different in all these other areas of my life too. You got to strip the negativity out of your life. Okay. Yeah, there's there's definitely surround yourself they, they say that you're the you are the average of your five closest friends the people that you spend the five people that you spend the most time with you will become the average of that so who do you want to be if you want to be that then look around at who you're hanging out with because you're going to be the average of those five people <laughs> do you, are you okay with that you know are you okay with saying that these are the people that i'm going to end up being like and if you're not, then you need to go find some other people that you're willing to to be that way with. But that again, that's another hard thing. Cause maybe some of these people are people that you have grown up with and, and been with with for years. 
and they're going to wonder what what's going on with this relationship. And aren't you so snobby now? And aren't you so it's you not know, you, it's uppity? Me. <laughs> People love that one. <laughs> Did you have to do that? Was it were there friends that that you had to say, look, I can't hang out with you anymore? And, yeah, I wouldn't say that I actually went to them and said, I'm not gonna hang out with you anymore. It just kinda happened. I didn't call I didn't get sober and the next day be like all right, I got a list of 25 people here. I got. I need to call them and say, you're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> but slowly but surely, I mean, I found new friends, and I didn't lose touch with my old friends. I mean, I'm, I'm, I still talk to them. I wouldn't say on a daily basis, but I still keep in touch with them. I just, I guess our common interests have changed. So we don't hang out as much, you know, where right. that the booze or the drugs might have been holding us together more than something else you know like more than the i wouldn't say friendship because the friendship's still there but our common interests have definitely changed so i found people with the same common interests as me i mean you can go back to the house that i was living in five years ago i mean i had five people living in there and i flocked to gym (laughs) (laughs) i was like you know i was drinking like the rest of them but i had to come down to not come down well i had to go down the steps to meet jim and i wanted what he had you know i mean so i didn't throw people out of my life per se but i didn't hang out with them as much right so there was a weaning off maybe definitely a weaning off because i mean at this point in my life now i can put myself in situations that i couldn't have at the beginning of my sobriety you know, I mean, I can be around alcohol and not think twice, like, I don't want any of that, you know? But hell, I even stopped and grabbed a six-pack yesterday for somebody. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it just, it doesn't affect me. But uh, yeah, I had to change my whole group group of friends, and I guess it was easy in the token that I made the decision that that's the road i was done walking down that road i wanted to i wanted to explore so i like new things right for the most part oh yeah (laughs) change is hard for anybody but i don't mind trying something out and what i tried out i liked i enjoyed it so i got deeper and deeper you know and as i got deeper i mean that's where i went with it right and i think once you start down the road to bettering yourself then the self-worth comes with it. I mean, you gotta, I mean, I think we all can admit that there's ways that you can better yourself. I mean, anyway. Right. Oh, sure. Can. Nobody's perfect. It's at what we strive for to get to it. Oh, yeah. Well, Mr. 3000, what was that like for you to, to say, okay, you said, look, I'm an alcoholic. I need to change my ways. The relationships that were in your life, what, what did that look like for you of, of how, I mean, obviously, those had to change, right? So, what what was that? What did that look like for you as you as you went through it? And it was kind of nice because getting sober through the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, getting through the program, and I first announced that I was an alcoholic at an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. So immediately, I had about twelve to fifteen people that were of like minded to myself. Mm. So I could hear their experience 
right away and it was just like oh my god i can i know oh my god every single person in the room it was like they're telling my story what are they doing like it was weird to hear so right away it's like i want to keep coming back to hear what these people are talking about and again i had another luxury similar to where i got sober over three thousand miles away from all friends and family that i had known growing up that Uh, knew me only as one way so all those people that i was partying with and drinking with towards the end surprisingly over the nine years i maybe have gotten one or two phone calls from them <laughs> like <laughs> wow. i don't hear from them very often <laughs> wow like i have one solid good friend that was in the midst of it saw me go from the drunkard to basically staying sober but everybody else like towards the end there wasn't many people left like i had either burned those relationships up or these were just people that i was hanging out with during a happy hour huh but they wouldn't be people like, hey, I need help moving. I wouldn't be able to pick up the phone and call them right. because I know they would be either at the bar or passed out somewhere. <laughs> so, but the biggest thing is, and you do hear it a lot, where the people, places, and things have to change. And I totally agree with that. And it was hard for me, and I've reflected this a couple of times, but I bartended my first six months sober. Horrible decision. <laughs> it's hard to stay sober when you're serving these people every single day. I was able to do it because, like Joey just said, I was sick of living that life. Mm. I had finally hit that rock bottom where it was either change or dead because, like, it was not pretty where I was currently at. Right. So I was willing pretty right away to make that proclamation I am an alcoholic. And then immediately, after hearing those like minded people say the same thing and how they were able to do it for multiple, multiple years. And meanwhile, I'm sitting there at 24 hours shaking in my boots at the meeting to see these people laugh and smile. How are they doing this hmm. without drinking? So I was able to chase after what those people had. Right. And then I finally got to develop that on my own and develop my own self worth by incorporating what they were doing with their life. Right. So in a lot of ways, it's surrounding yourself with people who, who are who you would like to be. You know, you wanted to become sober. You you found some sober people and you started hanging out with them. And and not just sober people who were maybe like me who had just never really drank, but sober people who could relate to the struggle that, that you're dealing with. The hell. Yeah. I feel like I've struggled with my self-worth over over these X number of, you know, hundreds of years that I've been alive. <laughs> According to Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> but um but I so I do think that I've I've wrestled with that. I think I still wrestle with it. I don't I don't think that I'm done wrestling with with my self-worth. Um because it rears its its ugly head when it wants to. And and I, and I have to deal with for it. For the listener out there that is still struggling with it, even somebody as old as Scott <laughs> <laughs> still struggles with this. And not an everyday basis, but Somebody as old and as wise can still... <laughs> oh, that's kind. Uh, I threw the wise because I felt bad about the old uh, yeah. It is one of those things where you're never going to get to that point where it's just like, okay, this is exactly how I want to be, and you can maintain it for any length of time because of those boundaries that may get invaded or some sorts of situation where your self-worth may be based on something, then all of a sudden, if that takes a hit... It's back to the drawing board and it's okay. That's the biggest thing. Like I want to stress to the listeners, there's never going to be a concrete answer. And that's hard for me because I am a very black and white type of person. I've lost many a jobs because I was too black and white. They said, you got to start seeing the gray area. And that's hard for me because it's either yes or it's no, this or it's that. And there's a lot of times where 
even in my current job, where I'll get into a lot of confrontation because I don't see it in the gray. It's either, mm. yes, you messed up, or no, you didn't. And with self-worth, I'm really able to, and it's one of the only aspects of my life, but I am able to see the gray area and realize that it's going to be a constant work in progress. Right. And I'm okay with that work. That's part of the journey that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I, most of the time I'm okay with me, you know, I'm okay with who I am and I, and I've, I've, but I've done that over the course of decades, you and that's know, winning. I mean, if most of the time that's a win. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, but, it, but it does still rear its ugly head and it's still, it still is a, is a trigger point sometimes. Sometimes I'll get you old all yeah. the time. <laughs> I, could care, I could care less about that. Um, no, it's short. Yeah. Short's the one that drives me nuts. <laughs> Because I am average height, man. I'm average. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, but so with the with the self worth, sometimes it does pop itself up, and and you do still have to deal with it. You know, I mean, I'm not somebody that that can say, yeah, I'm 100 percent fine all the time. Uh, I don't think anybody can say that. Yeah, but, but I think that there's this perception that you should be able to. You know, I mean, and and I think that that's what some people strive after. They strive after that perfection. You know yeah, what we I talked think about if last time. You don't time. have those moments where you don't take a step back and question your self worth, then you can't make yourself better. I mean, you got yeah. I mean, the whole process is the you got to can't just say I'm perfect. Right. You're not going to ever get any better if you don't take a step back and be like, what is it? You know. Right. How can I do this better? Yeah, some self evaluation is is you got to have the self evaluation, and but, I think in order to have that self evaluation is you got to have those moments where you question it, right? You but gotta, you've got to limit your self evaluation because you can get stymied and stuck well, <laughs> inside you know, of your junk. I'm and talking be, you maybe know. like a five percent of the time here. I mean, <laughs> if we're talking per- percentages, I mean, you can maybe step back five percent of the time, but. Other than that, blow your head up. <laughs> Get out of your head. Well, I mean, when we first started this, I'm like, man, I hope I can get up these steps by the time we're done. My head's going to be so big. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But I wanted, to, I was, I was thinking about that joke though. Because <laughs> I'm glad you got an opportunity to use yeah, it. Yeah, I, I was just trying to use it eventually. <laughs> Well, so so I hope we've given you some some thoughts on this and and some ways to to begin the process if you haven't already, uh, or if you're just not sure where to start. Um, and even for people who who feel like you've been down the road, I hope that we've we've been able to to kind of encourage that that uh, process for you because it is a journey. It's not something that you that you necessarily arrive at and arrive at unscathed. I mean, you're you're going to come in with some scars. And let us know. How do you get started on this journey of self-worth? How do you, is it something you do daily? Is it something that you have to strip down and try to figure out your self-worth on a regular basis? Just let us know in the comments on our website. This yeah. is not a meeting.com. And if or, you don't feel comfortable dropping it out there for the public to see, private message, message us. Right, right. Um, and maybe we'll get a, maybe uh, Big Joe, you're, you're our Facebook uh our Facebook guy, our, our main, our main stay on the Facebook page. Maybe we can actually get a, get a thread going on uh, self worth. People can come to that and check in and maybe give their perspectives on how they strive after it. You know, how, how do they find it? So that'd be on the Facebook page. This episode has been brought to you by a couple of of sponsors that we have. FTBA 
Uh, you can find them at ftvateam.com. They're electrical contractors in the commercial and government fields. And also Big Joe's Towing. You can find uh, that on Facebook. He would love to hear you, and he responds very quickly uh, within an hour as Facebook likes to likes to put the qualifications on for, <laughs> for feedback. If you have stumbled across this podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, uh, whatever, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can find it there. You can also find it at the website. Uh, but we hope you've, been, you've enjoyed it. We have enjoyed uh, having you here at the table with us. And uh, have a good week. Have some fun. We love you. <laughs>